0: You're listening to Sobriety with Ari Eastman. Hey, that's me. Well, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Sobriety. With me, your friend Ari. So I... Took myself on a little impromptu staycation this weekend. Nowhere particularly exciting. I went to Costa Mesa, which is just a city in Orange County. Um, and my association with it is also, I guess, sort of strange because it's where I went to audition for The Bachelor not once, but twice. Twice, my friends. First time I had just graduated from UCLA. I was 22. Totally lovesick over this guy who did not reciprocate those feelings and I was like well now seems like the perfect time to audition for a reality show <laughs> and uh yeah they were held in uh Costa Mesa and then years later I went back to that same hotel again for a casting call and that one ended up being Ari's season and I tell myself that that's why I wasn't cast because having two Ari's would have been too complicated you know but um Wow, that second that second audition experience was kind of a nightmare because I forgot my antidepressant medication at home, which if any of you are on SSRIs, you know that you are not supposed to just stop taking them. Um, They cause horrible, horrible headaches and withdrawals, and I was so irritable. I was a huge bitch to my friends who were with me, and I was extremely competitive and jealous, and it was probably in the kind of beginning stages of me really developing alcohol use disorder and i just was not a pleasant person to be around and i thought at the time that it was going to be peter k um from rachel Lindsay season though i have heard through the grapevine that he not great things about him um you know allegedly uh Nothing terrible, just kind of like that he's a little bit of an asshole. Allegedly, through the grapevine. Allegedly. Allegedly. So anyway, I digress, which honestly that could have been an alternative title for this podcast. I digress. That is kind of a fire podcast name. Do not steal it. If it doesn't already exist, I'm going to use that at some point in the future. And if you steal it, I will take your ass to court. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Never mind. I just Googled it and uh, there are a ton of podcasts with that name. Okay, never mind. Anyway, as I was saying, it's very out of character for me to do something spontaneous, but, you know, I woke up Saturday, got a bagel, kind of looked around my apartment, and thought, well, I'm gonna do the same thing that I feel like I always do, and sit around, and read, and play The Sims, and listen to podcasts, and maybe make some TikToks, and normally that's fine. But for some reason, I was like, not today. So I looked for hotels within a two-hour drive, and I guess my brain was like, hey, how about that place that you auditioned for The Bachelor? I have been honestly trying to navigate this palpable loneliness lately, and I think as I get older, I'm not necessarily feeling a pressure to meet someone and do the whole dance of partnership, but I'm becoming painfully aware that everybody else has or is and that's what makes it feel lonely. I don't think it's the lack of a like partner or significant other or whatever it's it's that the world doesn't feel like it's really built for one or a single woman I guess. Men they get to just be bachelors forever if they want and I have to calculate what's worth doing alone and I have to think about my safety and what I can and can't do by myself and it's exhausting and you know so many of my friends have partners which is great and I'm happy that you know they're in loving relationships but sometimes you're like oh I want to go do this thing but nobody around you is available and then what are your options again you have to think about your safety and often I don't do anything and I just keep waiting for a pull to dating again and I just don't have it and then and then I almost get I almost get like angry at the idea of like all these things that I want to go and do that like what the thing I have to do I have to find like a boyfriend or a partner so that I can go do these things safely like that kind of like angers me and I know that's not even like rational but I don't know this is just the longest single stretch I've had since I was 16 and I have to imagine that sobriety is playing a big part in it and maybe I just feel safe in my body again and that comfort and healing has created this really safe space that I don't want to interrupt I don't want to invite people into this bubble but I also know that I have to you know I know that keeping people out might be protecting my peace but it's not going to help the loneliness because at the core we need community and we need people And it's just this, like, (laughs) constant internal battle of, like, I want to go out and create community. But I don't know. I'm anxious. I'm anxious. And I'm really trying to, like, I don't know, work through it. I, I I think sobriety is starting to lose a little bit of its newness, which is good and bad. It's good because it's just what I do now. It's part of my life. It's... It's like breathing. It's not something that I have to think about every day when I wake up, but it also means other stuff. Some of my darkness, my mental health struggles are reappearing because my brain has probably had time to like move away from the euphoric early sober stage. Sobriety has fixed nearly all of the problems that alcohol created for me. But you know what sobriety doesn't do? It doesn't fix... My mental health struggles that existed before drinking ever came into my life. And that's kind of painful sometimes. I think a lot of us who deal with anything chronic, whether that's our mental health or people with chronic illness, it can feel a little heartbreaking when you've been good. You've been in a good place. You've been doing better, feeling better. And then the shit comes back the symptoms or whatever it is you're dealing with emerge again and you're reminded that this is cyclical and that this comes back and even if you rationally know that there will be periods of stability and health and happiness that that those are also temporary it sucks it sucks and sometimes I feel like a failure when it happens like I think and say to myself I'm sober I'm trying I'm fucking trying like why am I depressed again and when those bad periods happen I just have to remind myself and constantly constantly remind myself they're not forever but the reason it sucks right now is because you thought you kind of moved past it and anytime I enter into a space where I'm like wow I hope it's like this forever I have to know that that's a dangerous thought too I'm definitely not one for nihilism. Instead, I want to reach a space of hopeful neutrality. Because life is not meaningless, but some days it has more meaning than others. Sometimes it feels like I'm walking this tightrope of, you know, not wanting to victimize myself, not wanting to be like, oh, woe is me, I'm depressed again. Not wanting to stay there, not wanting to wallow in it because I know it's not going to help. But then also wanting to give myself grace and be gentle with myself and say, hey, yeah, you're sad today and today feels kind of empty and maybe today feels numb, but that's okay. Some days feel numb because not every day is numb. So what? Okay, today, today, Tuesday is a numb day. All right, that's fine. And you know what's not numb? <laughs> How's that for a transition? Transition. It's my pink cloud of sobriety. So this little staycation that I had was just a one night, one night in a hotel. Didn't really do that much. Like went to the restaurant, you know, did five minutes in the hot tub before remembering that like the idea of a hot tub is always better than actually being in the hot tub. You know, did, did, did a little, did a little few things here and there. Nothing too crazy. But there was a wedding At the hotel that I was staying at and then the reception was in the restaurant kind of attached so and I kept all night I was like I'm not gonna be rude I'm not gonna crash the wedding but like you know if somebody invited me to come to this (laughs) reception I mean, nobody, spoiler alert, nobody did. But it was really fun to just sort of like watch the bridesmaids and the guests kind of trickle in and out. I saw the bride in an elevator. She was so beautiful. And it was just, it was really fun. I'm a big fan of people watching. Like I know that sometimes it's kind of creepy to be like, I like to sit there and watch other people and ponder about what their lives must be like. But um, that was very, very, very fun to just sort of witness from the outside kind of this wedding and you know I saw the 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 groom's parents and and just everyone kind of coming in and and I like to kind of like look at people and assign little backstories to them like oh I I imagine that those two were college roommates and then that guy is you know secretly in love with the bride and uh he thought about Interrupting the ceremony, but he decided not to. But maybe later, when he gets drunk, he's gonna do something bad and get himself kicked out. You know, fun stuff like that. So that was um, I, lo- I loved that. I loved being able to just kind of like see this wedding. Um, and I mean, I didn't see the wedding. I didn't see like the ceremony, but just sort of to see little sneak peeks, little moments of it was very fun. And then also there was this incredibly friendly dog at this little outdoor mall area that I went to, and he was just so, so lovely and sweet. So, equally exciting seeing the dog and seeing a wedding. Well, with that, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Sobriety. I love you. I love you. Never change. Unless you need to, you know? Unless you need to change. Then I support you in your journey of betterment. And I'll talk to you next week. Probably. By the way, I think I'm going to change my little thing to episodes mostly every Monday. So, bye!